Can't wait for summer? Old Navy's huge summer sale starts now. All jeans, all tees, all dresses, and all shorts are on sale up to 50% off. Jeans start at $15 for adults, $10 for kids. Shorts from $12 for adults, $7 for kids. Buy online and pick up in-store for free today. All jeans, tees, dresses, and shorts are on sale up to 50% off. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 5-6 to 5-12. Excludes in-store clearance. Active, licensed, men's packaged, and flag tees. about time travel and fix it fix and fandom and canon and why often fan fiction writers are obsessed with correcting parts of canon that upset them and it boils down to this you get this idea of of how it should go and, and what should happen and then there's disappointment when it doesn't come out exactly the way you wanted it to come out <clears throat> and you end up writing a fic where Thorin doesn't die, and Bilbo and him live happily ever after. <laughs> there was big news in the Team Wolf fandom, and I'm sure it's going to spawn a whole bunch of fix-it-fix, and maybe some time travel to where Scott doesn't even get bit at all. But the big news in the Team Wolf fandom is that Tyler H., Hochland, I don't know how you say his name. Um, Derek, the werewolf side part of um, Steric, will not be a series regular anymore. And the Teen Wolf fandom went boom. <laughs> it was so crazy. <coughs> <coughs> They're saying Hecklin, Hecklin. <coughs> Anyways. He's beautiful, and he'll be missed. <coughs> As you can tell, I have I still have a cold. So Letty Holland is going to be leading the discussion this evening. And I'm sorry for those of you who didn't already know that, and I just um, – it's not a spoiler. It's all over the Internet. How could you not know? Anyways, <coughs> we're going to dig Lady Holder out of the dashboard here. <coughs> Hello. Hey, talk. I have to hold for a minute. I have to put myself on hold. Okay. So talk. You go ahead. So I spent the entire time from the instant uh, she picked the type, the the um, uh, subject to like, I looked over at the clock and freaked because it was eight eight, eight o'clock. Um, researching and I went and I found time travel stuff. There is a whole list of time travel movies from the really great ones to the really horrible ones. Um, and, you know, there's, there's some, I mean, there's some really good ones out there. And then there's the rest of them. Um, and one of the first ones that I remember watching um, 
whole chunks of it. I've never seen the whole thing. Was the time machine, um, and it was a 1960s movie, and it had the most gorgeous um, time machine. It was it was a, a chair that he sat in, and he dialed this this thing, and it it got to a year, and it was it was one of those where I remember watching it and seeing what people were thinking the future might be. Rod Taylor. Hold on uh, one second. Chimera, um, one second. For, um, I need someone to harvest links that appear in the chat room for a later addition to the episode. I'm not just yours, but people that, that it's going to happen. There are oh. going to be other links in the chat room. So if someone could yeah. harvest links for me, that would be really, really super helpful. Um, you mean H.G. Wells, right? The Time Machine by H.G. Wells? I think it was by H.G. Wells. I think that was the base story. I read that um, book a long a, time ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, anyway. you cannot discuss time travel and not discuss the doctor. This is true. The doctor is his own special, you know, thing, and so that that works. But the the last link I put up is the time the the list of time travel movies that I went through. Some of the other ones that I um one of the ones that I fell in love with when I saw it the first time was The Final Countdown, all right, which is, you know, um, me being in the Navy, I will honestly say I have no shame. This was the greatest little time travel movie I had ever seen at that point. Um, and it was, it was so much fun. And those are, those are the links to it, including the trailer for it. And I mean, it doesn't give you the full um, the full layout of how good this movie was because the 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 in time travel you've got two choices. The choices are to let the world happen as you know history happened, or to interfere and either wipe out the, the universe that you uh, left if you subscribe to one set of theories or um because you arrived in this in this time the other set of theories is is that you spawned your new new universe and in the final countdown they uh, they ascribe to the first theory which is you can't screw with time and what they had to watch happen was it got all the people in that, and it, it, it's it's a good movie. Um, the next one on the list that I saw, how many people liked um, Star Trek: The Voyage Home, the one with the whales? That was that was it's taking, my favorite um, one. <laughs> I know it's one of my favorites too, just because double dumbass on everybody. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I think that when you think of time travel movies, you think of Star Trek and you think of Terminator. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, Um, that's on the list, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's my favorite. It's actually my favorite, not because of the Save the Whales, actually, or not because of the preaching of it, although there there was that. It's the, the, the sly humor, the everybody remember where we parked, yes, you know, Spread out. You look like a cadet review. You know, all these all these little things. You know, where it's just it's so much fun. 
you know, and that that was that was one of those things that they didn't take themselves too seriously in that one. Um, I will the Russian acting. That, yes. Um, we are for the <laughs> Show me where you whistle. keep your. <laughs> yes. Right in the middle of the fucking Cold War. That's perfect. It's yes. perfect. Yes, and the really, <clears throat> the really fantastic thing is, is the cop that he asked, from what I got told, um, he was on crowd control. He was not part of the active cast. He was not an extra. He was not anybody who should have been in front of a camera. And they got him, and he, the, the, the look he's giving them of what in the fuck are you people talking to me for was legit. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, that one was, that was great. The Chimera points out, the doctor gave me a pill and I grew a new kidney. You know, and that little old lady. Best line like, ever. Yes. Best line ever. Um, this one, I'm with McKay. I can't fucking stand the movie. Back to the Future. Oh, Back to the Future. I like the third one in the West. I, I like the third one. I hated the second Back one. to the Future. Back to the Future gives me hive. It's just. Ugh. You know, um, but it was it was very that one also ascribed to the the first theory where you know um, yeah um, the lady who repeated uh, Capricious Pilot says the lady who repeated exactly what Chekhov said wasn't an extra either. There there were a lot of people who I think got sucked into that particular movie um, in error maybe. Um, or destiny, <laughs> or destiny. Yes, or destiny. Uh, the the Star Trek. I think also uh, Voyage Home is a fan of Theory One. The you're you're part of history. You can't change history. You know, and I think that's one of the things that I. I I think it was in the book form of the movie that they commented somewhere along the lines that um, the doctor, the, the uh, who they brought back, the, the cetacean um, biologist, disappeared in history and was never heard from again. And so um, history looped back in itself, and, and you know it did okay. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's another one that's just not my thing, but it was funny because it's funny because you had all these people from various points in history, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden dumped into modern life. And how do you how do you react? You know, a lot of this is people going back, um, people going futures. Another interesting one. Um, speaking of future. This one uh, wasn't very far in the future, but it was just far enough. How many people remember um, Flight of the Navigator? Do you remember that one? Because I remember the kid, and I remember the scene where he comes home, but the rest Mm -hmm. of it is a complete blur for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Flight of the Navigator 
<laughs> I like the computer where it, it comments that it found this really nifty organic computer and it had lots of room and it stuffed it full of all the information it, it, it needed. And the kid goes, what happened? And the computer says it sprung a leak. And the problem is, is it's the kid. <laughs> um, Highlander isn't time travel, though. You know, it really isn't. It's It's one guy living through history and not adapting too well at times. Um, let's see. Uh, Terminator, somebody mentioned. And that one is, that one honestly I think is a good example of one uh, series one and two combining to become spaghetti. <laughs> because it makes no fucking sense. Um, Jilly mentions, what about the other Star Trek uh, time travel one, First Contact, which is Next Gen? That one was good. It was, it was, um, in some ways I almost say that one was theory two, you know, because you had one history that led to our Star Trek and then you had this one. Oh, and, you know, the whole of uh, Enterprise where they started talking about their time travel agent weird people that made no fucking sense. So, Capricious comments that I got it wrong with, with uh, Flight of the Navigator. Capricious says, no, it stored it in the kid's head and the kid's brain leaked the robot crashed into a pole while looking at daisies. Okay, that's even more creepier than I thought. Um Star Trek episode with Edith Keeler, City, uh, City on the Edge of Forever, I believe that that one was. The most you know, popular and, and beloved episode yeah. of the original series. <clears throat> you get 15 Star Trek fans into a room and ask them to name their favorite Star Trek episode, and more than hmm. half of them will say City on the City Edge, on the of, edge tomorrow, of Tomorrow, and the others will say... Come on 19, now. Uh, what is what is that one where they're they're about ready to, to right, Jilly. moon launch? The trouble with triples. <laughs> the trouble with triples. <laughs> Those yes. are the two most popular episodes ever. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, Although I'm terribly fond of Amok Time. That one is fun just for the sheer insanity. It really is. Sitting on the edge of forever. Forever. Willow, Willow okay. was right. It is on the city, okay. the city on the edge of forever. Willow wins. I have a triple. I do too. My husband bought it for me. Uh, I got it in an episode, in a specialty thing for for the husband. Um, Terminator and Terminator Two were freaky. Gorgeous. Terminator Three. God. Terminator 3 just got weird. Terminator 1 is, is gorgeous, not because of the graphics or <coughs> the cheap special effects, or not cheap for the time. For the time, it was amazing, mm-hmm. right? But oh, it, um, was, it was the begin all end Terminator was beautiful because it was it was about sacrifice and love and mm-hmm. and... And it was a. I, I was blown away 
by the first Terminator, and Terminator Two was mm-hmm. was just as good, bittersweet. And mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to the reboot. It'll I want be interesting to, to see where it runs. Yeah. Um, John Connor in three was a, was a shit, as far as I remember. I didn't watch three. I think I did. And watch four was terrible. Oh. Four needs yeah, to be so. struck from the record. <laughs> okay. So, um, continuing on, I went looking for the three episodes I remember of Stargate. First one is 1969, where a solar flare sends Stargate SG-1 back to 1969 into the the um, same room that they were in, which was the um, embarkation room. And the only problem is, is right over their head is a missile. And they're in in the middle of yeah, that was that was bad. And it was funny because it all relied on one guy. One guy to remember exactly what they needed. And Hammond pulled through. You know, and that, that was just that was just fabulous. Um Wind of Opportunity is the one Joey just put up. That's the next one on my list. That one is just that is Groundhog Day done Star Trek or Stargate style. All right. And <laughs> Stargate um Stargate doing um Groundhog Day. Uh let's see, what was it? There were there was juggling, there were bicycle rides, there was snogging, um and there were golf. golf. Can't forget golf. And Jilly comments, in the middle of my backswing, it's the best line ever. The best. Yes. The other one, uh, Gone Wacko, yes, that was the other one that he, he comments. He was having a bad day. Um, the other one is Stargate 2010, which we utterly passed and without a hitch, without any interesting new overlords who are slowly but surely killing us to get down to zero population growth and beyond. And that one, you know how you commented that Terminator was about sacrifice? Mm, yes. In some ways, uh, Stargate 2010 was as well because they had, they were going to do and they were going to get that letter back through the gate and they were going to um they were going to warn themselves so they did not deal with these people and that was that was something that made time travel worth it for them you know and time travel You've got the the, the extreme of it's a a plot device, it's humor, it's um, it's let's let's go see something interesting with you know Bill and Ted or with um, Back to the Future 
you've got the absolute, you know, um, oh, yeah, that's, there. there is that one, um, one where they go back in time to Egypt, and... That's the movie, um, isn't it? Uh, no, that's that the is, that's the end of season eight. Yeah, they changed Wasn't that a that movie? Mm-hmm. And that wasn't a movie? Mm-hmm. No, there was. There was. That was um, continuity. Or continuum. Something? I don't remember with that one. Continuum, they did it in yes. continuum too. Mm-hmm. There. And sometimes, sometimes, characters go back in time to save the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really showing how thirsty she is. Because she comments that the best part of the movie ever is Tom Cruise getting killed over and over again. I adored that part of the movie. I may have to go watch that just for that. Um, that might just make it actually worth it. Uh, yeah, but does he die in more interesting and better ways each time? Because that would be great. No. Apparently it's not. No. Um, oh, she says some of them were hysterical. There's always a good thing. The, like Wiley Coyote hysterical or like Darwin Award hysterical? I think a couple of them are Darwin <laughs> Award winners. Small favors on that one. <laughs> yeah, we're de- <laughs> we're definitely not Tom Cruise fans. Okay. He brought that um, shell himself. Yes, he did. The going back to, to Stargate. Um, what was the name of the episode with uh, Atlantis Rodney inventing whole new forms of, of science just so he could get mm. John back? The Last Man was it? The Last Man? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um. <laughs> Twisted uh, writer comments: All the heroes going back to fix the future. Why not more villains going back to unfix it? Um, because usually when the villain loses, he dies, and it's too late to go mm-hmm. back and fix shit. Well, it's not just that, but it's also um, <coughs> to deliberately. Well, actually, I take this back. There is a villain who goes back to the future to unfix it. He he you know, looks like a really hunky Austrian bodybuilder who actually had a nice ass at the time. But, you know, there's one. What are you talking about? You know, the Terminator. <laughs> uh-huh, not. Nah. You know. God, you were such a dirt those days. Um... <laughs> I love Time Cop. I love Time Cop. It's amazingly bad and terrible and awesome. Oh, yeah. There is a picture on that list that I gave everybody that has a picture of Van Damme, and I think he's in a pair of nice tidy whiteies or maybe less, but he's doing the splits on his his counter, and it's a really impressive picture. So, yeah. Ah, yes, Van Damme. The man who couldn't act his way out of a wet paper bag, but really looked pretty doing it. 
I think one of the reasons why um, bad guys don't really go back in time unless they get defeated is because you want the good guy to win. You want him to save the Mm -hmm. world. You want him to destroy all the bad guys and kill Voldemort and win the day. Well, the thing that 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 gets me for this is also there's um, there's a case for it as to step into or onto or through the the whatever you're using to produce the time travel. Terminator was a machine. It got it got programmed to do this. It didn't have a choice. It walked or or stood there and took its you know, Ben spindling, spindling and mutilating, um, you know, all in, all in one whatever. Um, the, I can't remember his name, um, John Connor's dad in this, he... Kyle Reese. Kyle Reese. He had a choice. He walked in that thing knowing what was going to happen that he was going to go back in time and that you know there was no there was no going back home and he did it with I don't I I mean obviously we don't know what's going on in the character's head but you know it's a um he did it without a hitch and he did it knowing full well what he was getting into and you know so did um well, Marty McFly had no clue in Back to the Future, at least the first one. But he did in two and three. Um, the Voyage Home, it was a, it was a theory, but they knew what they were aiming for. They knew the theory of how it worked. You know, um, the yeah SGA Elizabeth and Janice. Elizabeth, I think, they, they, that one they didn't know. They didn't realize what they were getting into with that one either. They just knew they had to do it better the next time. Mm-hmm. Right. I and think that the time when we talk tra- about um, time travel on TV, that not discuss Quantum Leap. No, that one... That one was a show that definitely um, broke a lot of ground for for what it did, you know. Um, You know, there's – it also discussed a lot of issues, which is, I think, one of the major things that it was was designed to do, but they still – time was something they played with. Timeline. I haven't seen that one. Um, let's see. Timeline. Oh, that one. Okay, yeah, that one did show up. There we go. There's timeline. Um... There are 
a lot of books out there that deal with with time travel. Um, there's, oh, hell, Outlander, I think, started out as time travel, right? Where a lady mm-hmm. went back to Scotland and, and decided to stay. Um, then there's, um, oh, that was that was another one. Um, Penumbria brings up a comment. Uh, Frequency was a different take on it. Um, voices, tra- uh, time travel, not people. There was a, a DS9 um, show where I think it was the doctor and somebody else were talking to a woman and she was dying. And um, they talked to her and, and metaphorically held her hand all the way to the end. And when they finally arrived to help her, she'd been dead 20-something years at that point, I think, or more or, or, more or less. And it was only due to some weird cosmic theme of Jiggy that, you know, they were there to they were there to, to hold her hand through it. Um, lost in space. Yeah, there's there's that one. Time travel is a very um popular and in some ways very cheap um, gag. Because you know, all, all you have to do is say this person is from this time and put them in the future and the or the past and have them get used to everything and the the, the weird and wackiness of it is is amazing. Um, a good one for somebody who didn't travel but so much as was paused. Captain America and the and um, well Captain America and Avengers and you know uh, Captain America Winter Soldier he's a man out of time you know and he's adapting you know but how how would we do if we went to sleep and woke up seventy years from now what would the planet I think be like I can in seventy better. years? In the, I could do better in the future than I could in the past because I require indoor plumbing. Uh, Amen. Yes. Um, nobody's mentioned Time Traveler's Wife. Okay. Uh, it is on the list. I don't have any personal experience with that one, so I don't know. Um, I understand the concept of it more because of, help me, the... Um, Hobbit stick that is is based off of Time Traveler's Wife too. The which is movie. beautiful. Yes, it is. It's just fantastic. If somebody can find that one, um, Looper, I don't understand. Um, you know, there's. Oh. I watched Looper. It was um, shocking. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I should have seen it coming. I should have seen the ending coming, but I didn't. Um, but I really enjoyed that movie. I really enjoyed Looper. But I, but I love him. Okay. Why. Um, 
What about, I, I don't know how many people have seen this one, and I think this I can fully and totally blame my dad on this one, the Philadelphia Experiment. Did you ever see that one? A long time ago. I was really young. Philadelphia Experiment is, is a, a weird one as well. It, it definitely um, hits the major points of bizarre. Um, you said you said earlier that um, time travel is um, is a cheap um, yeah. plot device. It is, but I think if you write it, that even if the plot is cheap, your characters can pay unspeakable price um, prices for 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 what happens. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think that. Uh, the uh, there, there's a Harry Hermione fic where um, mm-hmm. it's called In This World and the Next, where they're mm-hmm. executed after the Blood War, and that right. they go back in time, and there is a scene where they exact revenge on one of the main people responsible for their executions in the future, and they feed this person the three-headed dog. Oh God. And it is horrific. And they're both, after it happens, they're both really traumatized by what they've done because they didn't think they had that in them or something. I don't know. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, so sometimes if you if you put your characters in, in certain situations that can pay a price, <clears throat> that's quite unexpected. Um, the final countdown... Uh, Hell, it's an old movie. There's no spoilers here. Um, the final countdown, they go back to, if I remember correctly, December 6th, 1941. And they have to watch and listen as the attack on Pearl Harbor happens. Mm. And and they can't do anything and yeah it's um history has to remain intact i think that kind of time um, travel is 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 more punishment mhm than anything else i mean you're you're torturing your characters with this with this this idea this it was, it's kind of like mm-hmm. watching making bilbo Watch Thor and die over and over and over and over again, mm-hmm. like some kind of corrupt, terrible Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Um, Window of Opportunity was a guy who was living one ten day or ten hour day over and over and over and over again to find a way that would let him go back far enough to save his wife. And it didn't work. And the half the reason I love that particular um, episode, it's not just the humor, although, you know, the, the, the golfing through the Stargate will never, ever, ever get old. Um it's also the last 
five, ten minutes of the um, of the episode where Jack is standing there and telling the guy that I would do anything to be able to do to do what you want to do, but he can't. And that level of emotional honesty in that character in that episode was just, it was so fabulous. Especially after, you know, 35 minutes of him being an absolute clown. You know, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely a very emotional punch. Boom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Um, part of the reason I call time travel a cheap um, plot device, uh, if you're making a film or you're making a, um, you know, a, an episode on TV, it, <clears throat> well, um, Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Um, he goes from one moment he's, what, in the 1700s, if I remember right, to the 2000s and 10s, you know. Um, it's a, uh, it's a way of, of giving us that, that um, outsider's perspective on all the things we take for granted. Okay, because the society of um, of that that the guy from Sleepy Hollow lived in, he missed all the changes that happened to you know the world while he was wherever he was. Okay, Um, the fact that he functioned. You know that they don't show him curled up into a ball and having a a complete you know break of personality because things are just so weird is admirable. Oh, Crane was dead when the series started. That's even better. Lovely. You know things I don't realize when I watch the, when I don't watch shows. Um. What. You know, I, I think the best way anymore. you can torture a character is to do that to them. Take away everything they love, throw them into the future, give them all these memories and the knowledge that their loved ones are dead. Mm-hmm. It's just a terrible thing to do to your character. It's so terrible. Mm-hmm. Built-in you know, torture right there. Yes. And the rules of society... Um, are different. Time tra- Jilly comments, time travel uh, forward versus back are really different for me and how I relate to the story. Time travel back, you have a tendency to, um, you don't, I, I guess, you know, all of us have learned the, the lesson of not to play with time because you don't want to, um, you don't want to change history. You don't want to. You don't want to lead to something that would cause you not to be. Um, aliens is traveling to the future where Ripley wakes up and, and, as Joey says, finds so many years have passed 
that she's basically lost her daughter. And she, and she's right, you know, that's 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 exactly what happened. That's why I think Ripley never never uh connected once again with her child because for her child she was dead. You know. And what do you do? Do you do you put yourself forth and say, "Hey, you know, um here I am. I'm I'm, you know, your your mother, your ancestor, your whatever, you know, and you know, I'm family, or do you do you go about and try and rebuild your life? I think that it is human nature to reach out for those who you're related to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's perhaps even so much as far as a genetic imperative. I never thought it was realistic that she walked away because obviously was very invested in her child, so invested that when she comes across another a, a child in peril, she latches onto this little girl like she gave birth to her. Mm-hmm. Almost instantly. So I don't believe for a moment that Ellen Ripley didn't go see her daughter even if she never spoke to her or didn't tell her who she was, I don't believe she didn't go see her. I I can honestly believe that she went and, and, you know, saw her, looked at her child, you know, maybe, you know, observed her for a day. But the the thing is, I don't know if she would have walked up to her and said, I'm your mom. I... As a as a daughter, I would say that Mm -hmm. if I was her daughter, and my mother had been lost in space, and if I was eight years old or eighty years old when she came back, I would want to know. Yeah, but remember, Ellen um, Ripley also had to deal with the oh so lovely people at that corporation that she had to deal with. And right, yeah. Those guys, but still, have, I, you know, yeah. Your mom is your mom, and then your kid is your kid. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, but that's just one part of Aliens that I always thought. But they cut out that scene where Ripley was even told about her daughter in the theatrical release. You don't see that mm-hmm. when you saw it in the theater. You didn't see that. Um, we didn't. They're like. There's like 15 minutes of extra footage in the DVD version of Aliens that w- that wasn't in the theaters, and that scene was one of the scenes that was um, you saw Ripley's daughter as an elderly woman. So, <laughs> sci-fi proves that corporations are evil. Um, no, it's not. Sci-fi. They always it's are. Sissy. It's it's sissy, Tara. Remember. Sithy proves that corporations are evil. No, I think it's science fiction because Sithy isn't science fiction, so we can't really equate the two anymore. Fifi is no longer the channel of science fiction. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> this is so true. It is the channel of wrestling reality TV shows named after a fucking poodle, okay? Uh-huh. I'm just... 
I'm not bitter. Okay, I'm a lot bitter. I am so fucking bitter. I am a giant black hole of bitter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, your favorite um, uh, series of all time did their own take on on um, time travel. And it was that one where uh, Aaron took a, a runner runabout or whatever it was down to a planet, and she was gone for only a couple hours, and she came back and was surprised to find them still there, and she was very old. You remember yeah. that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Farscape. Yeah. Farscape. Bastards, just motherfuckers. Yeah. I, mm, and that's, that's why I earn my R rating on Blog Talk Radio <laughs> right there. Motherfuckers. <laughs> yes, but we go galloping past the X with a couple other things. <laughs> Twelve monkeys. Um, Twelve monkeys. I went to see Twelve monkeys in, in college. I don't mm-hmm. remember it because we were the only people in the theater at a midnight showing. Did you fall asleep or did you do something else? We had sex. Come on. (laughs) 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 What the fuck? We watched 12 Monkeys and Seven in that theater in the middle of the night. And um, we did end, actually, we did watch Seven. And for the longest time, uh, he was... We would be on, like, opposite sides of the quad, and I would yell out, what's in the fucking box? And he would yell back, what's in the fucking box? Because didn't we all know what was in the fucking box? No, I never watched the movie. Everybody knew what was in the fucking box, okay? Have you seen Seven? Uh-uh. Oh, God. Watch Seven. Watch seven. It's got Brad Pitt in it. <clears throat> and trust me, by the time you get to the box, by by the time you get to the box, you're going to be yelling at Brad. You know what's in the box? Because we were all oh, yelling at you. Know what's in the box? Oh, I don't, don't open know. it. I don't, don't open the box. Bad. It's terrible. But yeah. So uh-huh. sometimes, uh, no. Anyways, that, that, Seven is not a time travel movie. I bet Brad Pitt wishes it was, but it was not. Don't open the box, dude. Don't ever open the box. Ew. I have not seen Free Jack. <laughs> Considering people in the chat room are saying it freaks them out, I'm not gonna go see. I'm not gonna see free chat. <clears throat> I let's see. Twelve monkeys. Oh yeah, twelve monkeys is, is listed on that list of of um of stories. Um, there was a 
I think I don't remember if it was an after school live action, if it was a uh, prime time whatever, but it was a guy who he I don't know if he policed time or whatever, but he had a kid companion and he had this watch or whatever that they used to travel through time. Occasionally it broke, but it was it was some weird wacky very odd um, show. I don't remember anything else about it. Um, let's see. I think Quantum Leap is practically the perfect example of um, mm-hmm. time travel because Sam is trapped and he has no choice and he's leaping from from body to body, being mm-hmm. forced by some force in nature to fix what what went wrong as far as this mm-hmm. entity is concerned. And was it's so bitter sweet when you Never realize that Sam that. has forgotten his wife. He's forgotten that he's married, huh. and that he's forgotten most of his life. And so, when he actually kind of leaps back into a body in his own time, and he sees his uh-huh. wife, and Al's doing the leaping, and Sam's at home, and you realize what Sam has sacrificed unwittingly because this wasn't his intention. And so Sam, and so they switch back again, and Sam's leaping again. And I don't know if they meant to rip our hearts out. Maybe they did. They did a good job with it. Maybe they wanted to fuck us up. But am I the only one in America who hates the fact that Sam is still leaping? No. And Sam never got to go home? Mm-hmm. It is so so sad, and um, also uh, an unspeakable apparently price, the, like we were discussing before. <coughs> apparently, the one that I was talking about, the TV show, was Voyagers, and it was on in '82 and '83, and it was one season. Talk about, you know, somebody somebody found the, the kid actor uh, or remembered it, and there it is. So it was an interesting thing. Oh, speaking of children traveling, um, um, Moose and Squirrel, damn it, Rocky, the Rocky and Bullwinkle show, they had that dog who was the professor who they went back in time a couple times. Do you remember that? Not really. Wow. <laughs> I had a movie about this recently. Um, Mr. Peabody and Sherman? Mr. Say in the chat yes. room? 
Yes, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. It was the Rocky and Bullwinkle show. And they always had, it was Fractured Fairy Tales and um, Mr. Peabody that were, were always fun. Um, yeah. I don't want to know what in the world you guys are talking about. Um. (laughs) So, what's your favorite time travel fic? In fandom, across the fandom, anywhere. Your favorite one. Oh, man. Um, Right now, it's probably that Hobbit one. Um. Which Hobbit one? Because there's, there's there's a couple going on. Oh, okay. Wait a second. As far well, there's the one where Thorn goes back to the morning um, when Smog attacks, and is is changing history. And that one hasn't been updated recently. That one is. I, I love that one. Oh, uh, something one, fire into the fire into the fire. <clears throat> I think so. There's the one where. Um, they're all in Mahal's hall, and there's this mad scramble at present to get everybody into the, the viewing pools to keep track of all the hell that's breaking loose on Middle Earth. And I can never pronounce the name of it, but it starts with an S, ends with an H, I think. Um, <coughs> and then... Um, Sliders was not time travel. <laughs> Sliders was not. Yeah, time I said travel. that it's the, it's dimensional tra- time travel. It's it, it's dimensional travel. Yes, yes, and it's um, twisted writer comments that it's it's Sam S U K H, and I just can't pronounce that. Um, that one is. That one almost to me kind of it, it, it's it's got that vibe that um, uh, freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose in some ways right now because it better not. This, it, I know I will stab people, <laughs> but it's the sheer torture that you're sitting there. And you know what's going to happen at the end of what's going on in the quote-unquote real world, and yet we're watching, and and there's no interaction, and I'm just like, God damn it, there better be a good payoff. I'm not actually reading that one because I can't handle the angst. Yeah, don't read it for a while. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know when that one hits the bottom and, and has the end on it, and then you can read it. Hopefully it'll be a good one. Dragon Riders of Pern. By the way, apparently Dragon Riders of Pern is back in um, in development land, and I believe it's Warner Brothers who has it. So there may be a movie. God help us, I don't know what one they're going to do. You Let's know, just I don't hope know her son's be. not involved. Yes, Todd can go die in a fire. Um, the... There was the old timers and Lessa and her time travel 
and the moving back and forth with time with that one, which honestly was was cool and and, and worked out great, and you know it was just absolutely fascinating. Then there was the time travel and the Dawn, you know what was happening with the Dawn sisters, and. This is one where I don't know how much I can get away with actually saying, and I don't know how many people on here have actually read Dragon Riders of Pern. Yeah. Um, Twisted uh, comments that it could be very good or very bad. Uh, (laughs) It's... The the whole thing with with um, with the dragon riders and how that's going to work, they're going to have. I mean, they can't do what the the last round I saw of potential for the dragon riders of Pern was going to be, which was going to be a take the dragon riders of Pern name, basic ideas, and make Buffy the interstellar vampire thread slayer. Thing out of it, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so there, there was no way. Um, Anne did. Anne McCaffrey, I think, stuck to theory one, which is you can't change history. You can, you, you have to work within its, its its rules and its structures. You know, by going back, you're not spawning a new universe. Um, All right, um, I'm going to pause myself because I have to do something, but um, I'll be back. You have fun with that. Hopefully this doesn't cause everybody else, so we'll see. Can you guys still hear me? Um, okay, great. Yep. Uh, Rainy comments that they need book slappers on set if they do Dragon Riders. Book slappers are the people who, who have over and over and over again and can find every instance of um, canon and what should be and when somebody starts wandering far to the field takes the book and slaps people upside of the head with it I think if they do that they should go for the large print versions of it where it's bigger than a trade paperback but it's slightly smaller than a hardback um, so you get the nice you know flat feeling good time uh, time travel is I've read so many different time travel fics, uh, it feels like, that there's no one story that will forever and always own my heart. Um, there's too many out there that um, when you look at them, you read them, you enjoy them, and you you hope that the next one is just as good. Um and so with Amazon comments that they need about a dozen book slappers for current. Yes, that I think is putting it mildly because the the level of detail in there is just fantastic. Um, who was it? I, I think, I don't know, is it canon in, um, in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit that there's that one elf who apparently died, came back? I know we've got during the death list who keeps popping back and yep. Um 
Blasindo, I hope I still pronounced that right, uh, from Joey James. Um, the the idea of you 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 live, you die, you come back, reincarnation. Um, only the thing is, is Glorfindel apparently and Durin remember. You know, they they. Um, Glorfindel is iffy. iffy. The original Glorfindel is it's iffy. It's iffy whether or not he's reincarnated, and this is why, because it's unfinished. Tolkien didn't uh. finish his thoughts on this character, um, so. Glorfindel, the original one, died fighting a um, fighting and killing a Balrog, B A L R O G. Yes. Um, then he is apparently reborn, and he is uh, in Rivendell at the same time that Aragorn is growing up. Okay. Uh, whether or not he's the same one is up for debate because it's unfinished. <clears throat> it's it's unfinished in his notes. <clears throat> and Tolkien was apparently known for changing his mind before publication, and that information was published after his death. So it's up to you to decide as a reader and as a writer whether or not you want to accept that Glorfindel has been reincarnated. Apparently you accepted it. Huh? I did. <clears throat> Yes. She is getting better, guys. She really is. Um, Poor I did decide that he was uh, reincarnated because I wanted to explore that Mm -hmm. and how that works. So, yes. Yep. And then there's poor Duran who just keeps, you know, coming back and coming back and coming back. Yeah. Um, time travel. Um, I'm going to touch on next month with um, the 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 um, the rough trade thing that we're doing because you and I are both, and I think Senna are we're all doing um, interconnected. We're not stories. the only ones. Not the only ones no. because I when I was doing the um links and stuff <coughs> a lot of people have have kind of positioned themselves to write connected stories. So, um mm-hmm. no, we're not the only ones. There's a there's like five or six maybe. <coughs> okay. <coughs> Could be more. Mhm. So. But it's it's gonna be um it's gonna be Interesting to see how you, you treat it because I know with mine, you know, my my first story is um, King Arthur. You know, it's 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 um, Arthur and Merlin and the whole Arthurian legend of the once and future king. You know, and that one's an interesting um, thing where you've got a, a king who comes. You know, he he goes to sleep, what, mid-middle ages, and then he wakes up sometime in the future. You know, how do you get a guy to to rally a, a nation when he doesn't speak the language, you know? 
because things have changed. Um. <laughs> oh, Jilly. Jilly put up a link, and I hope that whoever's harvesting does grab this, but apparently we get to see Tom Cruise die. And I yes. just clicked on it, and damn it, it does not exist. That did not work. So, we'll see. Um, I'm doing um, Sherlock and Watson in my first story, my historical. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to do the Richie Universe, and um, it's going to be a uh, post-Mary that story. In canon, Mary dies. Mm-hmm. Consumption, I believe, mm-hmm. or maybe tuberculosis. Either way, she um, she passes in canon, so it's going to be set after her death. And um, mm-hmm. my second story will be John and Rodney, who have been re- who are essentially reincarnated, um, and they um, they wake up when they're in high school. So by the time they meet, and mm-hmm. when they're thirty. Um, Things are a bit different because the John Shepard who graduates high school is also John Watson, and John Watson was a doctor. Mhm. Mhm. And a soldier. A very good doctor. <clears throat> oh yeah. So it's going to make a big difference. So the John that Rodney yeah. meets isn't going to be the John that Rodney met in canon. I'm looking forward to writing no. it. Now, your second part is Harry and Draco, right? Yes, mine is Harry and Draco. And the the thing is, is um, in the first part, you know, it's it's fairly canon-ish, heavy on the ish. Um, you know, you've got um, you know the 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 king of of Avalon, and he is you know being his kingly self, and you've got Merlin who. This is based off of the, the BBC Merlin, and he's doing his damnedest to keep the king alive. And they're, you know, they are a couple. There, there are things happening that, you know, obviously never happened on the show, but it works, and things happen, and Arthur dies, and eventually Merlin dies. End of story. Well, in the Harry Potter universe. It's, you know, that that magical age of 11 when you get your letter, you wake up that morning, you'd fallen asleep, oiled, blonde, the light of somebody's eye, you wake up, and son of a bitch, Marlin! And there's no Marlin. And, um... You're a bit of a blonde prat, and you don't see Merlin until he wanders into the store you're getting measured at, and he looks at you, and all hell go breaks loose because the boy who lived is Merlin, and the ferret, if you will, is Arthur. You know the once and the future once and future king. <laughs> Just the beauty of Lucius realizing that he has fathered the once and future king blows my stunning mind. <laughs> well, the problem is, is I'm not too sure if I'm going to let Lucius know. 
you know. No oh, come on. Thing. Come well, on. Well, the thing is, is, you know, the thing is, is it's going to be a bit of a, the fuck did I get into? <clears throat> you know, and it's, it, it, you know, the, the whole, I'm going to kill it. I'm going to find myself the nearest set of socks and I'm going to kill it. <laughs> And, yeah, that will probably be, you know, Lucius walking in to hear, you know, poor Drake, the apple of his eye, the, 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 you know, the pride of his joy, his little blonde darling, you know, contemplating something that is best left unprinted, you know. And it's, it's just going to be, it's going to be an interesting trip. It's definitely going to be an interesting trick because, you know, most of the time when you think about it, people put the once and future king not as Draco but as Harry. You know, Harry is Arthur. And I'm not going to do that this time. <laughs> you know, that, that blonde little arrogant sod is going to be the, the future king of England, or at least the magical king of England, you know, and you know he's he's going to be playing for quite a while in the second fiddle to his best friend, soulmate, <coughs> you know, truer of his sanity, um, who happens to be, you know, the 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 chosen the new chosen one. You know, and so Faith's a bitch. She 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 plays fast and loose. So yeah, Merlin was very powerful, not real graceful on his feet, but he had his moments, and you know, rather clueless some days. And and that's that's what I remember from parts of the BBC stuff. So, yeah, I can see this. I can see this working and being interesting. Yeah. So it's it's going to be really an interesting trick. But that is a time travel as as your soul, your body doesn't come with, you know. Um, I don't know if that technically be, you know, time travel or if it's reincarnation or what have you, you know, but you're, you're starting again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's lots of lots of different things on that. By the way, where would you sort the King of England? Gryffindor? Or Slytherin? And where would you start Merlin? Ah, 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 ah. Puff. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just to be fucking as contrary as possible. <laughs> I need to yeah, tell yeah. you that I have, um, I think I've lost internet. I have lost internet. Um, and my power flipped a little bit. So, um, oh, no. Yeah, if that happens, uh, you'll have to run the timeout, um, and the, it, it will call for two hours, so just FYI. Oh, 
if that happens. Yeah, so I guess Because right, right now I can't so, even end the show. So, anyway, we got 47 minutes, so hopefully it'll, my husband will fix it before then. Hopefully. He's, he's, he's talented, you know. Um, oh, there it goes. Yeah. Boom. <coughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'll do Hufflepuff, although I may end up doing the, the hat scene where, you know, it, it's basically put on his head, and he sits there and, you know, oh, so this is a, oh, no, Harry's not going to murder him plus. No. Mm-mm. Not at what? all. You know what, though? Here's what I would say, that all true Slytherins go to Ravenclaw. Because a true Slytherin no. would never reveal themselves that way. Excuse me. There is a, a tried, true, and rather horrifically horrible Slytherin that we have as a minion. All right. She's in chat all the time. She plays at being sweet and wonderful, very helpful, always kind, wonderful. And she's been Hufflepuff by every single Facebook quiz known to man. <laughs> yes. But I do I think that a true Slytherin gets sorted anywhere but Slytherin. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yes. Azure is is the one person who I can honestly say, when she came out that she was a Hufflepuff, my reaction was, what? Bullshit. No. <laughs> bullshit. Bullshit. This is bullshit. <laughs> I, take that again. Total <coughs> <coughs> bullshit. All right. Not about yeah. it. She. Mhm. She. She. Um. She took the, the quiz for um, Lord of the Rings characters. I still laugh at you, Azure. Um, she took the Samwise quiz and and she got Samwise. All right. Now Sam is an absolute sweetheart of a character. He's very brave. He's very loyal. He's about as underhanded as they get, and he's got a vicious streak. This is all in the movie and apparently in the book. And honestly, that's bizarre. Except her vicious streak is is a little more obvious and and um, up for everybody to see. I mean, one thing I would say got- is that Harry's hat stall was completely manufactured. Um, I think that even you could probably say this is one manipulation that is obviously canon, and Dumbledore did it. I love Harry as a character. um, I do. I love mm -hmm. Harry as a character. But in no single way in canon is he cunning. I'm sorry. Uh -uh. I'm sorry. He's not. (coughs) You can call that um, author failure if you want. Or uh-huh. manipulation from the very beginning, so he's against Slytherin from the start. Mm-hmm. But Harry Potter is the least Slytherin character in Harry Potter. And Hermione Granger is the most Slytherin character. <laughs> uh. 
Harry is 100% Gryffindor. Don't think about it. Just go fucking do it. He's all in from the very moment he gets on a broom. He's in. He's the only one out of all the champions who thought it was a good fucking idea to summon a broom to outfly a goddamn dragon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. This is not the mark of a Slytherin, okay? I love him, uh-uh. but no. So that hat stall was completely and entirely manufactured. The the thing with Arthur is, um, you know, he he may be a hat stall, and if he is a hat stall, it'll probably be between Ravenclaw and um, Slytherin because he needs knowledge to to be a good ruler but he also needs cunning and the ability to travel shark infested waters and it may they may end up going in their cannon houses you know um <laughs> are you at all tempted to have them wake up like on their 16th birthday what and and go look at you know meet up each other at breakfast and look at each other and have well see okay you know, Draco turned sixteen in May their uh-huh. fifth year before uh-huh. Sirius dies right before Umbridge catches Harry in the office and Draco is an accomplice right. Harry turns sixteen that summer right. if Draco woke up as King Arthur, that May before Sirius died, what would have happened? It's just a curiosity. It's just a curiosity that I have. Because (coughs) while I like the idea of starting them very young and playing with them, you know, and sorting them, Mm -hmm. um, it's really boring to write little kids. Yeah. You know, I think... And it would be so much more fun to to make them older so they have to deal with the consequences of so 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 Arthur and Merlin have to deal with the consequences of how Harry and Draco have treated each other <laughs> they have this big epic love in their past but they also have this big epic hate on for each other in the current <laughs> it would be great Oh, you're making me change my mind, Dale. I may just, I may end up. See, see. Sorry, I'm just this saying that we, you know, just. This is how we potential. Talk, guys. Um, yeah, I'm thinking. I'm still thinking that waking up at eleven <coughs> would be kind of cool. Where if you if they don't wake up with knowledge, then you know, on their eleventh birthday with their first magical maturation that they they have, so that way they can actually get a wand. Um. They dream of, of, you know, at least what they remember when they wake up. They dream of a land long ago with horses and magic and dragons and swords. And then it fades. And that whole meeting in Madame Malkin, instead of some kid being, you know, a bit of a shit, and I'm not real happy with them, but, you know, whatever. It's the leftovers and, you know, the whole, you're a prat, I don't want to deal with you, go away. 
know, because Harry's not that long out of 11 years, you know, his his birthday. <laughs> In um, canon, Harry goes to Diagon Alley on his birthday. Okay. So he on his 11th birthday, Hagrid saves him and takes him to Diagon Alley. Is it the day after? So that night it's Harry's birthday, and the next day they go. I think now, so. In the movie, it all happens on the same day. Hagrid rescues him, Harry has a birthday, and then Harry gets on the train to Hogwarts. <laughs> the whole month just disappears uh, in the movie. Pretty much. So there are so, like thousands and millions of people on this planet who think Harry Potter's birthday is actually September 1st. Because yeah, they've never read the book. <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> well, I can, I can wiggle it. And, you know, it would be... It, it would be interesting, you know, um, Harry, you know, Harry won't remember when, when Draco does. And... Because Draco turns 11 first. Yeah, and he turns, obviously he'll then turn 16 first. Oh, that would be interesting. And by the way, who's going to get Gryffindor's sword? Because in... Well, it's your canon that Gryffindor's sword is Excalibur. Right, that's that's my canon. It's not in any way book canon, no. Right. That's my canon that, that the sword of Gryffindor is actually Excalibur. Right. Um, you should uh, look and see if Merlin had a sword in um, any kind of canon to see if Merlin had a sword. I don't think he, I don't think he did, but it, it's pretty typical that of wizards. True, it's pretty typical of wizards to have a staff, and he's a wizard, you know. Uh, transfiguration happens, you know. So let's see how things work. Yeah, if he's if he's running around by Arthur's side in the middle of battle, just like with Gandalf, he you know the man. Well, the man ran around with a staff and a sword. Because fuck that shit. (laughs) I don't think it'd be realistic for Merlin not to have a sword. Well, not towards the end of the the whole process, no. But you also need to keep in mind that in most uh, Camelot legends, the sword in the stone is not Excalibur. Merlin Excalibur Arthur get, pulls a sword out of the uh, of the stone, and that sword is eventually broken, and M- Arthur gets the sword Excalibur from the Lady in the Lake. Mm-hmm. So they are not the same thing. In mine, I think one of the last things that's going to end up happening, or the last couple of scenes, I think, is is um, Merlin. You know, it, the end actually happens for Arthur. It does. It does happen. Merlin um, does a brave heart thing where he launches the sword back into the lake, and Excalibur disappears from history. And that's where I think that that um, Merlin's sword, which is the only one of the two to survive, is. Gifted to the plot device that I'm I'm thinking about as an heirloom, 
and that eventually works its way down to the sorting hat. And so... Um, no, you could also play with Merlin's Cave. I have a fic where Harry and Hermione... Um, a different version of my Pendragon theme, because a lot of times when I have a theme that I'm playing with, I'll play with it like in eight, nine, ten different stories. Uh-huh. <laughs> Until I get one I really, really like. Yeah. And there's a, I have an idea where Harry and Hermione um, go to the bank, mm-hmm. and they find out that the bank in Britain is actually built on top of Merlin's cave. And the very first vault, Vault number one is Merlin's Cave. Hmm. So you could put Merlin's Cave under the bank. And when Harry goes in the first time, he could get his staff. That's a possibility. Um, What I was thinking is um, it's a way to... Oh, the hell, I'll get mine as well. Um, with Mer- the the um, the thing I used last last year where I did the um, the little goblin ball and that is the the uh, expandable womb that you know they mm-hmm. concentrate all their yeah, their, yeah. Um, I'm actually going to blend that back into the the, the first story because there's going to be a the only surviving child, the only child of those two guys. And what kills Merlin isn't so much Arthur's death, it's Arthur's death and basically open wound where he's pouring everything into that orb to keep their child alive long enough to be born. That's the, the the thing I I decided on if I remember right, and that's gonna be depressing as fuck. <laughs> Remind me to get some tissues to read that shit. Sorry, he dies. I mean, how else can you put it? Oh, that's he okay dies. because I plan on killing Sherlock and John too. I'm I'm not gonna lie. Um, yes. Because in order, really, honestly, in order for it to work, when you're doing these um, connected stories, your characters in your first book. Your, your first story, they have to die. They have to die. <laughs> <laughs> Bring us today. Bring us today. Sorry. Yes. In this case, I'm bringing out my bed. You know, and, mm. you know, um, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, Guinevere is going to be there, and, you know, the, the knights are going to, well, the surviving knights are going to be there. And so you've got, you know, Merlin who hangs on just long enough that his son is born. He, you know, names the kid, hands it over to Gwen, makes it back to the lake, and toast. But his sword is given to his child, who, God help the kid, I may end up naming him Godric, and off we go from there, you know, and... Become you know becomes the the heirloom of the Gryffindor line, you know gets stuffed in a in a magical hat in a room in a, in a school full of kids, and they get burst out again so that way the reincarnated Merlin can kill a basilisk with it, which actually would work. 
And then at age 16, poor Arthur wakes up. That works. Poor Arthur wakes up, you know, to realize that he's Arthur, King of the Britons, or King of Avalon, depending on my mood at the time. And what would really suck is if the Lady of the Lake is, at this point, cohabiting with the giant squid and beams him with the damn sword. Oh, wouldn't it be great if the Lady in the Lake is actually the giant squid? (laughs) (laughs) I just tickled the shit out of myself. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is fucking hilarious. Pick up the sword and flick. You lost this. You know? <sighs> yeah. Um, See, the yeah, beauty of it. Harry Potter is that there is so many opportunities for you to stick canon in there in such a way that it's absolutely crack, like almost heroin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely, the ball. Um, the really fun, the really fun part would be where you've got, um, you know, you you've got Harry and Draco, and the whole summer where Merlin is using magic that is so far out of um, out of use that the 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 Ministry of Magic can't find it. I mean, why would they be looking for these spells? They've they've not been in use for a thousand years, you know, or more. And getting around the the muggles. But I can... I can see where, um, you know, you you get them back at the, the welcoming feast they're both 16. You know, they, they, they walk in. I think there's going to be a gift swap in there somewhere, just for the, the, you know, the fun of it. But would there be immediate recognition? Are they going to look at each other and go? I, I think that um, Arthur is going to wake up on his 16th birthday and look around and remember what, you know, the whole integration is going to happen as he sleeps. And he's going to double-check his arms. Okay, I'm good. Haven't done anything, you know, completely stupid yet. And then he's going to well, look at Crabbe Well, he Boyle turns 16, and, he'll still be at Hogwarts. Uh-huh, I know. But, but, you know Draco turns, his birthday is like May 2nd or May 3rd. It's like mm-hmm. upper May, upper May. Mm-hmm. And yes, I know this because oh, when I wrote it. War Mages, I wanted to make them old enough <laughs> to have sex. <laughs> when I did my time travel, I didn't want there to be any age of uh-huh. um, under age of consent issues. So I made sure to send them back in time in such a way that Draco was already sixteen and Harry turned sixteen before that ritual in in, in War Mages. Uh huh. Yes. I'm rereading that, by the way. It's great fun. Um, but I, I want Draco to, to wake up, you know, and, you know, just, he, he he's like, okay, he's looking at his arms, they're clean. 
I haven't done anything, you know, horribly, you know, completely wrong. And then he puts his arms down and he looks at Crab and Goyle and just sighs. Then again, and, you know, gets out of, gets out of bed, does his morning routine, carefully does his hair because apparently Arthur really liked his hair and walks into breakfast and looks over trying to find Marlon. You know, and he doesn't, I don't think he's going to recognize him, not until Merlin waits. And that's going to be the interesting part, I think. It'll be like that, just fucking figures. <laughs> Out of all the people in the <laughs> yes. whole fucking school, <laughs> it had to be you know, Harry fucking Potter. <laughs> you know, actually what what it'll be is, you know, you know for the... For the love of, I can't say it. I, you know that thing where, where um, you have, I think it was, um, you had it in in Spiritborn, where they can't, you know, um, um, swear by Mahal. Kind of hard to take the, take his name yes. in vain when he's and, standing right there. Yes, and, and, yeah. And Drake was going for the love. I can't pronounce. I can't swear by Mahal. For the love of Googly, you know. It had to be Potter, and then go. Well, at least it's not Weasley. But it had to be Potter. <laughs> at least, at least he's hot. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and I may it could be worse. Yeah, I, it could have been wrong, Weasley. <laughs> yes, but I, I may or may not keep the canon height. <clears throat> you know, because Draco is taller than than um, than Harry. And you know, have um, have have uh, Draco, aka Arthur, go over, and they're he and, and um, Merlin are interacting, and he's mooning a little bit, and Merlin sucker punches him. <laughs> Loom over me, well, would you? There's no socks here. So you know, it's 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 going to be an interesting how I play this, what I play with, you know, what what the whole reaction is going to be. And you're right, you know, getting at 16, at least they're both of an age to have sex at that point. So you know, that's all over the fun. Well, you don't have to worry about it, even if you don't write it. I I like to write them at that age or older, and it's really kind of constricting to write young the way I am for um, uh, Phoenix, but that's for my niece. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Who specifically asked for it. Um, um, well, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. You but know. she's also the um, same niece who brought the Deathly Hallows to me when she was 10 years old. And then she went into the kitchen and pulled an X-Acto knife out of the drawer <laughs> and brought it to me. And she said, I would like you to fix my book the way you fixed yours. Because I cut the <laughs> epilogue out of my book. <laughs> so my sister comes into the room. She says, what the fuck are you doing? I said, I'm fixing Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. And she says, how are you doing that? I said, I'm cutting out that stupid epilogue. She goes, oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a lot. That's a hell of a great idea. It doesn't exist in our family. No. That kid was dead serious. Oh, 
can't play with editor Walmart. right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess time travel said time travel is is the it's the literary it's the the the, the um it's the movie version of fix it fix you know it's it's let me fix what i don't like about this you know let's let's make I things watched, better i watched an episode of maybe twilight zone <coughs> call it what it was but in the future this young woman was sent back in time to kill hitler as an infant. Uh-huh. So she goes back in time and she gets a job with the Hitlers and their baby is born and she takes the baby. It takes her a while to get um, to, um, to get up to this point. And finally she takes the baby and because she knows she cannot live with herself if she does this, if she kills an infant, she takes the baby and jumps off a bridge. You're thinking, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how history would change. And then you see Mr. Hitler come home with a baby. And the baby is dark-eyed and dark-haired, where their original baby was blonde hair and blue-eyed. And he hands the baby to his wife, and she says, we'll call him Adolf. Uh-huh. And then you realize that Adolf Hitler only existed because somebody went back in time and killed their original baby. Mhm. It was a it was like, "Oh, shit. it was like a oh shit, hold your head Twilight Zone episode or whatever it was. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it was Twilight Zone. But um, yeah. So sometimes uh sometimes the bad guy does win. Mhm. Sometimes. And it's um you know, hi- history is is sometimes it seems like it's malleable, sometimes it's it's um you know, things that can be easily <coughs> or you think that they can be easily done. One simple change and things can be better, you know, Um, but history is a series of unintended consequences, you know, and the, the, um, that one, you should put that uh, shit on a pillow. What, history is a series of unintended consequences? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Or at the very least, on a T-shirt, just saying. Mhm. Yep. The the story with Thorn and and him going back in time, and he he shot the um the arrow at Smaug and and killed into the, dragon. the fire. Yes. Into the fire. History. That's a beautiful story. Mhm. It is it is a very beautiful story, and I'm really I'm not trying to rush the author. I'm not trying to, to nag the author, but God, I want to know what happens next. 
know, right? And you know, this is this is actually in a moment where I can say, okay, dudes, I understand why you want to beg me for stuff because I want to email this author so bad and beg her for the next part. Um, I have been tempted to offer to beta for her. That's how bad I want the next part, but I have not done it because that would be rude. But I have thought about it. I want you to know that. Yeah. I do understand your 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 plight. Yes, it's it's into the fire is the one where they can throw it into the sea. Yes, that's the one where they're they're um, they're hoofing it across across <coughs> the north. It's the it's the other one, and I can't remember which one that one is. But it's um, epic. Oh, it might be epic. It's epic where they um, think he's a. Um, a seer. In Into the Fire, his sister and Balin for a long time, like like decades, think he's during the deathless. <laughs> yes. Which is great. Mm-hmm. Pen is saying that the one where Thorn is a seer is lay down your sweet and weary head. I don't remember. All I know is I'm I'm sitting here and I'm 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 thinking of that particular um that story and you know it's where the author left it at that point is a um we're just about ready to get some payoff. Cock you tease. Know? The term we're looking for is cock tease. Mm, yeah. Um, Into the Fire is the one where Thorn kills Smog. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's not the one so. where... He... By the way, the the one um, Hobbit ep- uh, one where um, uh, Bilbo okay, is, no. I have the, them backwards. is the time traveler? Huh? No. Lay Down Your Sweet and Weary Head is the one where Thorn goes back in time and kills Smog. Mm-hmm. Into the fire is the one where he's a seer. Okay. In, By the way, the one I put up is of an an arcane binding. Is um is the one where he, uh, Bilbo is the time traveler. Um. Yeah, lay down your sweet and weary head. Is is the 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 one where um. He wakes up and he's. It's the morning that he's going to kill a dragon. And that's the one where they think he's during the deathless for decades. Yes. They don't tell anybody. No. Not even him. Mm-mm. And epic is and the one where Thorn and Bilbo go back in time, right? I believe so. And that's got the Keely Feely in it, so not everybody is reading that. No. Um, um, although there's no, I haven't seen any sex between them, so I've been reading it, but <coughs> I really mm-hmm. hope the author doesn't do any sex for them in it. I can, I can deal with it if it's just a background thing that mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have to think about. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the one where I'm, I'm going, okay, I, I'm, we're, we're about at a, at a major payoff point. And it stopped. 
He's going to see his Bilbo for the first time mm-hmm. in decades. Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. he'll save Bilbo's parents. If only. If Into the Fire is to the Hobbit fandom, what freedom is to the Stargate fandom, it will break my heart. Mm-hmm. Lay down your sweet and weary head updated January 11th. It's been going since August 24, 2013. It is a fabulous thing. You know, I'm I'm incredibly proud of, of the the author and it's Elenathar E-L-E-N-O-T-H-A-R Elenathar Okay, and that one is... You're as good as me. <laughs> I have no clue. Yeah. <coughs> that for you know, spot on beautiful. Beautiful stuff. So. And... Hmm. Um, End of the Fire is, is beautiful and bittersweet because Thorne is going into this entire thing thinking that he has a year to live. And that his mm-hmm. goal is to make sure that everybody else lives and that this happens and the ring gets destroyed and the dragon gets killed and he's never going to be, get to be king under the mountain. And I could actually almost cry just thinking about the ending. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, I really hope the author isn't going to go there. But if they do, it will be brave and beautiful. Mhm. I just hope they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Lay down your sweet and weary head. The summary is: Thorin dies. Thorin wakes up. He's understandably confused by this, especially since he appears to be in the Erebor he knew as a young dwarf, about to be attacked by a dragon. I time travel sick uh, with Thorin as the one living his life. You know that that whole summary just it was. I read it, and it was like, okay, click. This one I have to read. I know, right? I have never yeah. clicked so fast in my life. Yes. <laughs> Boom. You know? <clears throat> I was all up in that thick, okay. and ten hours passed. I was like, what? <laughs> okay, babe, uh, have a good day at work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I was I think I was more a bit of a um, – I, I was about – 15 chapters in, and it's like, got to go to bed. I can afford 10 more minutes. It's another chapter gone. Shit. Um, <laughs> I have to sleep. I can go to work uh, on two hours of sleep. <laughs> you start bargaining with no, yourself on how I long. You... I can't do that anymore. I, 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 can, I, can, I can function on three and a half. Okay, so I have to go to bed at this time. Okay, read. Shit. It's getting closer. Um, Shit. Um, okay, and and I opened up my phone. This is how bad I was. I opened up my phone. I found the link. I found, I, I opened the story. I dragged that cursor down exactly where I was reading on my computer. I had it on my phone. I closed everything up. I turned off my computer so I didn't have any temptation. And then I went to bed. And Good for you. And I was at work. I totally yeah, didn't. No, you, you don't. You don't realize I had to work, 
So, you know, there there's this thing I need to get paid. So, you know, I work I work in a call center. Okay. So in between every single telephone call, my my phone was open on my little um uh keyboard drawer that I never use. And I'm tucked up against my desk, and I'm slowly paging down and <laughs> reading this story in between telephone calls. <laughs> you know, somebody would bring in, ring in, and it'd be like, hi, this is blah, blah, blah. Um, how can I help you? And I'm pulling my attention out of Middle Earth. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Why do you keep calling? Me. Stop calling me, bitches. <laughs> yes. Yes. Jilly comments that if she sticks to timeline, it's a long damn time before he'll ever, uh, before Thorne will ever be able to consider crossing paths with Bilbo, which which was instantly angst. Yes. yes At this indeed. point in the story, Bilbo is a tween, and he, um, Thorne's on his way to the Shire um, because he wants to see to make sure that he's okay. Um, Hobbits become adults at thirty-five. 34, or no, 33. Is it 33? So, 33. So, Thorne's got maybe 15, 16 years before he can approach Mm -hmm. him as an adult. Uh, But uh, how old is Bilbo during the fell winter? I don't know. He's, He's old enough to remember it vividly and old enough to have participated in the in parts of the defense of it. So he would have to be old enough to actually function. So a tween at least. He could so have been a small 20? child. 18, 19, 20? Mm-hmm. And we, should look, we should look that up. Uh, um, I am reading a fic where Bilba goes back in time and he ends up being a bounder. Yes, I've read that one. I forget what that one's called. Um, and he meets Aragorn's father, who's a ranger, mm-hmm. um, and they're defending the Shire. <coughs> and it's great. It's great. And Bilbo is a badass. So, Bil- so Julie's saying that during the fell winter, Bilbo is 21 or 22. So the question is, is... Thorn and Gandalf approaching the Shire as the fell winter happens. We don't know. It's very exciting. It's a great story. I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Lay down your sweet and weary head, and the author's name is beautiful and eloquent, and I can't say it. Elanothar. Yes, it's Elanothar. Ellen Othar. Ellen Othar. Ellen. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to go with Ellen. And if you're listening, Ellen, yes. fantastic fucking work. Fantastic yes. fucking work. We, we, you go, we, girl. We are very, very happy. Mm-hmm. Very definitely. And I hope you're proud of me for not begging you for shit and emailing you and offering to beta. <laughs> if you need a beta, <laughs> I am more than willing to be your prison bitch. You just let me know. Kira, Marcos at gmail.com. I am totally <laughs> fucking serious. I will be your beta. You let me know. And I, you know, and here's the thing. She does that. She will never say a word to anyone about what she reads. Doesn't yeah, mean she won't get in my ear. 
And know, brag. And, and I would definitely brag. Yes. Yes. I would totally fucking brag. That is no lie. I would be bragging on Facebook. You you guys, you, I read the most awesome thing. I can't tell you. <laughs> you know, I try and be very good and not do that when I get hold of the, from you. The, bind, the bounder one, and it's yeah. called... Back again, A Hobbit's Tale by Wog, W-A-U-G-H. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one where Bilbo's a badass. He wakes up and he's 21, and he totally, mm-hmm. like, fucking owns the fell winter. <laughs> it is amazing. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah. Seriously, Ellen, if you're listening. We love you. We love you lots. I don't actually have an internet girlfriend. I am in the market for Bullshit. one. Just let you know. What? What? No, I don't. I, you're my sister. What? Oh, okay. And my phone wife, but you're not my internet wife. Okay. <coughs> okay. So I'll I'll you know, sister in I can. I can at least take a mistress. A, a mistress. Consort. Yeah, so mistress. I need a consort. Yeah. Just let you okay. know. Okay. I can. Yeah. Well, you, you're collecting them anyhow. So you know, if if Ellen uh, if Ellen shows up as a uh, and is a, a minion, I think we're we're going to have a very happy time. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <coughs> you know, I'm going to share something with you. Um, <coughs> we got uh, five minutes left. There okay. is a um, when I first joined the uh, Stargate fandom, I read a lot of. Um, of the big names, obviously, and when you mm-hmm. when you when you come into a fandom, you're you're automatically uh, recommended. Oh, you got to read this, and you got to read this, and have you read this? Mm-hmm. Did you read all Asphalt's fix? Because if you haven't read all Asphalt's fix, you're not a fucking fan, right? Yeah. So, one of my favorite writers in Stargate is I don't know how you say it, Estefi. Mm-hmm. E s t e e f e e. Favorite. I love her shit. And um, she commented on my live journal this week, and I got really excited. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yay! Because she, she joined different roads, and she said she'd join all my shit and just all my stuff. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I got so super excited. I actually clapped like a little girl over here. It was terrible. Well, you and I both did the the the, the holy shit clapping, and you know, just oh my god, Lady Ra, when she commented on both of our stuff before, we both commented I on that know. one. I know, but actually, my biggest fandom moment to date is when I realized that Dances with Gary read my shit. <laughs> I was like, yes. what? What? <laughs> Dances with Gary is. <clears throat> In many cases with Gary and Willow, you know, there there are two people who, if you ever, ever need to find a, a story, either Willow will know or Dances will know, or frankly, they'll both know, and they'll both post it in seconds of each other. It's just phenomenal. <laughs> um, Orinate is, is another good one. Um, Astolot is, is wonderful. I like Mrs. Hamill. If, if, um, I love Mrs. Hamill. Hamill. Is, is ever listened it, she she's a uh, she was a friend. I haven't talked to her in ages, um, but she does 
or, and, and wrote some phenomenal stories for, for um, Stargate. Um, Who wrote Lady Thousand Ross? Mother? Was that Mrs. Hamill? Thousand Mother? No. Beautiful, beautiful no. um, Big Bang story. <clears throat> she wrote the one where John and Rodney get stuck in Pegasus by themselves. Yes, that one, um, <laughs> there's a comment where, you know, this is what happens when you, you um, stick a math prodigy <coughs> in, you know, by himself for a while and, and tell him something's impossible. And everybody in this, that particular scene looked at Rodney and he goes, it's not me. And he's pointing over at John. <laughs> because, you know, in this, in this one, um, John is the prodigy. He's he's the math guy. He's the one who who sits there and makes math do everything he wants it to. So Estefy, if you've never read her work, um, I just posted a link to um, her work, and it'll be in the <laughs> blog talk. But my favorite stuff by her is the Fair Trade series. Fucking amazing. Fucking mm-hmm. amazing. Great stuff. We're down to a minute and twenty one seconds. <coughs> I I do want you to know that um, I didn't actually gush all over her because the last time that happened to me when I commented on somebody's shit and they got they tripped on me, I didn't post on anybody's mm-hmm. stuff for like three months because it freaked me out. Just saying. Hmm. Of course, that was that yeah, one I'm person trying- who I commented on their fic on AO3, and she sent me an email and mm-hmm. said that she was freaked out because I was reading her work, and now she couldn't write. By the way, Thousand Mother was done by Springwolf. Springwolf. <coughs> S-P-R-I-N-G-W-O-O-F. Excellent. Excellent fic. I highly recommend it. We're done 30 seconds. You guys have a great fucking weekend, and we'll see you next week. Yep. Say goodnight, Lady Holder. Good night, Lady Holder. Oh, hey, remember our, our saying, no ass to mouth. No ass to mouth. <laughs> shut up. We got it in. billion humans on earth can't all like the same drink that's why circle k has polar pop and froster pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you polar pop and froster just 79 cents each at circle k limited time only at participating locations 500 vehicles to sell 500 ways to save one month only at bill penny mitsubishi during May now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win 5000 with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit BillPennyMitsubishi.com. To qualify buyers on a free credit, warranty valid through 10-year ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details.